0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From the offseason through the wins and the losses, it's time
1: to take one giant step. It is going to be very cliche for anybody out there who covers a team, is a fan of a team, to say, they love a draft. Wow, I love what what we did here. Because anytime you draft new players into what you have as a roster, your expectation is that your front office got it right and that your front office either addressed grabbing a big player or, you know, whatever, hit on a need. And with that, we all know they're draft failures. It's not like all 200-plus guys drafted over the last three days are going to be awesome players in the NFL. Some guys will work out. Uh, you can kind of try to pinpoint at least early in the rounds, early rounds, who you think he's going to be really good. And then there'll be plenty of people that don't, and we'll get to the dart throws later on as well. But for the most part, depending on who you trust, Mel Kiper, Daniel Jeremiah, Dane Brugler, uh, Chris Trapasso, CBS sports. There are so many of these draft analysts. Now, Todd McShea, Lewis Riddick, that get so knee deep in this stuff, Charles Davis, and they study and study and study. And, There will be disagreements on players, as there always is amongst these. But if you go up and down, I'm taping this on a Sunday. You might be listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, trying to get your draft recap. It almost feels unanimous that the Giants feel like on paper, They are one of the true winners of the draft. In fact, many might say that they are one or two with the Philadelphia Eagles, who, of course, as you're trying to chase down the Eagles, shocker, shocker, they get really good and still stay getting really good. Warren Sharp had tweeted out that analytically, if you look at value per pick, the Giants were just flat out number one above everybody else in, in the way the board fell to them. And I think that the reason for this is simple. The Giants had three enormous needs. They needed a deep threat, big play wide receiver. They needed an outside boundary cornerback. I mean, remember what happened? We talked about it on one giant step all year. When a Dory Jackson went down, they needed a, a number two there. And we'll see the development of Cordell Flott and Aaron Robinson. But now less pressure on those guys. And they needed a starting center. They let Nick Gates and John Feliciano walk out the door. Ben Bredesen, Shane Lemieux. We talked about Ryan Dunleavy last week were guys that, you know, the giants will have you think they were prepared to go with, but can they really do it? And if you went through those three needs and you went through best player available and you just went through mock draft after mock draft after mock draft, which isn't an exact science. Those things are more for fun. You saw three names in some variety all mocked to the Giants in the first round. John Michael Schmitz, Jalen Hyatt, Deontay Banks. Now, what if after reading all of these mock drafts and studying all the Giants needs, I told you, hey, the Giants are only going to use one first round pick. And you're going to wake up on Sunday morning, April 30th, and enter May, and the Giants are going to have Deontay Banks, John Michael Schmitz, and Jalen Hyatt all on the team? You would say, how is that possible? It's impossible. But that is the way the board shook out for the Giants and their aggressiveness, and having those 10 draft picks, including part of that Kadarius-Tony trade, has absolutely worked out. The Giants end up using a first, second, and third round pick on all three of those guys, and it, it's almost unfathomable how this happened. So let's start with night number one, Deontay Banks, cornerback, Maryland. You saw the excitement on Wink Martindale's; He was basically bear-hugging Joe Shane when Deontay Banks was drafted by the Giants. Now, I, for one, will tell you I never expected Joey Porter to slot. He ends up slotting into the first pick of the second round with the Steelers take him. As I saw Porter begin to slide, to me it felt like a no-brainer that that's where the Giants should go. But clearly, Deontay Banks was the guy they circled because it's also about the skill set and playing in Wink Martindale's defense. He's one of the freak athletes of the draft, and corners will struggle unless your name is Sauce Gardner in their rookie year. So I'm sure he will have his bumps, but they he should have the athletic skill set to be the number two corner on the Giants this year. Okay, maybe he'll gamble. That's some of his weaknesses. When he gambles, he gets beat bad. But overall, his athleticism should help him shine. And I think Wink Martindale will put him into a position to succeed. And now suddenly you look at the giant cornerback room. Okay, Deontay Banks and Adoree Jackson, your day one starters. You feel pretty good. You'll deal with the growing pains. Cordell Flott, you spent the third round pick on last year. Aaron Robinson the year before. Different regime. Coming back off injury. Do they keep Darnay Holmes? I mean, do they keep Darius Williams? Suddenly now the corner room feels deeper because you took a corner in the first round. So that feels, feels like a slam dunk. But when round two happens, I think there was some thought, and there was a lot of discussion all day on Friday. I know I had it with plenty of friends. I, I follow the Giants stuff on social media, Big Blue Interactive. I saw you guys all chatting it up, all of our great listeners. Where do the Giants go in round two? Will it have to be wide receiver? with names like Cedric Tillman and and Jalen Hyatt out there, um, Josh Downs out there, will it have to be center? Tippman and and Schmidt, neither of them went in the first round. So that was a big fight between Giant Finch. It felt like it had to be one of them, and I probably would have been good with either, but my lean was center. And as the picks started to come in, some surprising names go. And then the Jets take Titman out of Wisconsin, the center, meaning only one of the big two centers was left. And that was John Michael Schmitz. And I thought to myself, geez, did the Giants trade up again to secure this? They don't. They sit and they wait, and picks keep coming. And then they get to the 57. And a couple of those receivers are still there. And there's John Michael Schmitz. And the Giants run the card up and they get their center. He is not going to be an athletic pulling type center. He is an anchor down in the middle of that line is John Michael Schmidt center out of Minnesota. And why I thought that should be the pick in round two and why I believe the giants thought it should be is you don't want to react to what other teams around you are doing, but let's be real. I mean, the giants got eaten alive in the interior line, especially when they play a team like Philadelphia, who, oh, by the way, now as Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis eating the middle of the line, when the giants lost, It was so much of their offense was just destroyed in the middle of that line. Now, you hope that Josh Izudu could step up as a guard. Ben Bredesen, you could take the next step. Mark Lewinsky, you probably stuck with for another year. But when you think about the whole key to next year, and we'll get to this as one giant step goes on in the offseason, might be Evan Neal at right tackle. Andrew Thomas is one of the best left tackles in football, and that was the guy you knew you had. Now, two offseasons into Joe Shane's reign. He has drafted Evan Neal in the first round as a right tackle. He's drafted John Michael Schmitz this year as a center. Last year, he spent the third rounder on Josh Azudu. Those guys should be three starters on your line this year. That's turning over an offensive line, which was the biggest bugaboo during the whole Dave Gettleman era and towards the end of Jerry Reese's era. The Giants couldn't figure out this whole line situation. Now you feel great about it, or at least the promise of it. They get a true anchor-type center. I mean, this is where the Eagles succeeded in getting Landon Dickinson in the second round a couple years ago. They're building a team that way. Okay.
0: There's joy in every journey.
1: You're sitting there like I am. I had uh, gone out to dinner a little earlier, pre-draft, pre-the Giants pick with my family. I got a belly full of sot and some truffolini sauce, some good pasta I had, the old unbuttoning the pants, remote in the hand, uh, going around the hockey, the baseball, and of course, watching the draft. I look up, and it was one of those things where I'd missed the first couple picks of the second round live. Like, wow, Jalen Hyatt's still there? Cedric Tillman, wide receiver of Tennessee, they're still there? How? What is going on with this draft? I mean, you know, of course, when the Lions are using the 12th overall pick on a running back, things can alter. What is going on with this draft? Why are these guys falling? And then round three comes around. And out of nowhere, you get the alert. The Giants have traded up. They trade up with the Rams, give up their fourth round pick the Giants do, plus flop their threes, and the Giants select Jalen Hyatt. Wow. My That was immediately my reaction was, wow. And right now, before we get into what exactly transpired, I've read Mel Kuyper said between Jalen Hyatt, John Michael Schmitz, and Deontay Banks, three of his top 46 prospects. Daniel Jeremiah, three of his top 50 prospects. You're talking about a guy you drafted in the 80s. A lot of these people who study this film will tell you Teams might reach. They might feel like they panic and grab an offensive lineman when they don't need one. Maybe a quarterback reach situation. That's how you know, the top players get altered here. But the Giants end up with potentially three of the top 50 players in the draft, and they didn't have a high pick like they had in past years. They're drafting at 25, trading up to 24. That's borderline incredible. Now, why did Jalen Hyatt fall? So we talk about Jalen Hyatt. here, He had an enormous game versus Alabama, five touchdowns. He is a flat speed burner. He gets behind defenses. He could play in the slot. He's played a lot in the slot. He could also play outside. He takes a top off a of defense, but he's more or less a straight line runner or basically a slant off the line runner, gets behind a D-back, catches ball, runs for the end zone. Eight of his touchdowns were 50 yards or plus. Geez, you think the Giants could use some of that? He actually has a lot of Deshaun Jackson in him as far as the wide receiver position goes, and I know that's a name that makes us throw up as Giant fans, but hey, newsflash, kind of guy the Giants could use and this is what makes me feel better about Jalen Hyatt coming to the New York Giants more than anything because that seems to be the one lightning rod where people are almost amazed that he fell to the third round but want to ask well how could a guy like that fall to the third round Brian Dable the story comes out Brian Dable not Joe Shane the GM Brian Dable the head coach picks up the phone and calls Sean McVay after they make the choice on John Michael Schmitz. Jalen Hike starts early third round. Dable has this relationship with McVay. Hey, can we make something happen here? And the Rams, who I thought, I know this ain't a Rams podcast, had a horrendous draft. Newsflash, they take the fourth rounder they got for the Giants and spend it on Stetson Bennett. Are you kidding me? Made me feel even better about the Giants giving up their fourth. Sean McVay says, yeah, just give us your fourth. We'll flip our threes. What? This Ram team was Cooper Cup coming off an ACL injury. Allen Robinson worked out. They couldn't use the wide receiver play. It feels like the Rams are just this poorly run organization now. But Brian Dable thought it was important enough, our offensive-minded head coach, to get Jalen Hyatt on his team that he initiated the trade talks. That tells me all I need to know for two things. First of all, the idea that our general manager and coach could be that much in lockstep, that the GM doesn't feel like he has his toes stepped on him at all at all doesn't feel like he has his toes stepped on at all by the head coach making that call they are so in lockstep with each other that Shane allowed Dable to make that call Dable executes the trade and for all the flaws that Jalen Hyatt's game might have the fact that that offensive might head coach thought it was important enough that he make the phone call to make sure the Giants and Hyatt tells me all I need to know he thinks he could use him in a big way they get Wink Martindale the corner he wanted In round one, they get Dable and Kafka, the receiver they wanted in round three. And I don't know when Jalen Hyatt will be a starter. It may not be week one. Maybe it's late October as he tries to learn the playbook. Because, again, you want to get him more nuanced as a route runner. But you look at this giant team last year, and we talked about all of the problems with the weapons and how unfair it was to Judge Daniel Jones. They took the Kadarius Tony trade and turned that third-round pick into Darren Waller. Now, with all those picks they accumulate in the back end, They felt comfortable enough moving up twice to get themselves a starting corner to get themselves a a burner on offense in Jalen Hyatt. This team now has a guy who could flat out game plan for, take a top off the defense, even if he is a one-trick pony in Hyatt. They have Darren Waller could also go deep. That's going to soften everything for the run game with Saquon Barkley. And we'll get to more on the run game in just a moment. And to hopefully improve that interior presence on the offensive line with John Michael Schmitz, have him... You know, basically have that great relationship with Daniel Jones and be an anchor in the middle, make him feel more comfortable with the middle pressure. I, I don't know how you wake up today on Sunday, Monday too, whenever you're listening to this and aren't smiling year to year going, oh, my goodness, things have really changed for the Giants. Really, really changed. Their general manager is now playing chess while the other ones are playing checkers. I mean, Bill Belichick has taken kickers and punters to spend two of his picks on on draft picks like that. 49ers as well run as they are. I mean, what are they doing? Taking a kick early the jets in round one, watch the four offensive linemen go in front of them. It's almost like they don't know what to do. The lions are doing the electric boogaloo for drafting a uh, running back 12th overall. It was so refreshing to watch these other war rooms and go, wow, what are they doing? And know that the giants suddenly feel like one of the most well-run organizations in football. And this draft, I think rubber stamped that now. Could Banks, Hyatt, and Schmitz all turn out to be busts? Well, of course, that's part of the NFL, right? I mean, guys you think are going to be great sometimes always aren't. But even if Hyatt doesn't work out, you got to feel good about taking the corner first round, center, second round. But if he does work out, this is the kind of stuff, you know, you could hear the DVD or the digital download play, you know, when the Giants eventually win a Super Bowl. You know, it all began to change. Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Wondell Robinson. Think about what they've done here. Think about what Joe Shane has done and Brian Dable. Their wide receiver room now has Isaiah Hodgins off the scrap heap. Jalen Hyatt as a draft pick. Added Darren Waller, added Daniel Bellinger to the tight end room. uh, uh, Josh Izudu, hopefully you think, becomes a guard. John Michael Schmitz at center. Evan Neal at right tackle. I mean, the roster turnover is incredible what they've done. It's incredible in two years. So I'm really flying high about that. I thought what Brian Dable did was just uh, otherworldly. I thought it was otherworldly.